Hi, I'm Dr. Stan Steindl. Compassion is an evolved human motivation, right? So what the heck is going on in the world at the moment? I, like many of you, am overwhelmed by the extent of suffering in the world at the moment. My last video made the point there's suffering everywhere. And it also made the point that compassion is more important now than ever. When I look around, I see, of course, suffering resulting from the natural world, floods and disease. But I also see a lot of suffering arising directly from human action. Humans doing things to other humans and other living creatures that causes them suffering. I guess if you think about floods and disease, even there, you could argue that human action and inaction is playing a role and contributing to more suffering. I've come to realize that compassion as an evolved human motivation is not the same as compassion being our default motivation. To be honest, and I hope to hear if you disagree with this, it's not even close to being our default. Compassion, a sensitivity to suffering in self and others with a commitment to try to alleviate or prevent it, is actually rather uncommon and gets outmaneuvered quite often by other equally evolved, equally human motivations. You may know about the three circles model of emotion regulation. This is the model that describes three main aspects to our motivations and associated feelings, thoughts, and bodily sensations. The first red circle is the threat system with its threat protection motivation, anger, anxiety, and disgust, and fight, flight, freeze, appease, behavioral responses, all designed to help protect us from threat. The blue circle is the drive system, which motivates us to pursue, obtain, compete, and seek excitement and pleasure. The drive system is all about striving to get the resources we need, food, sex, and so on in more primitive times. I guess that's still the case now. But also success, status, reputation, all of that. And the final green circle is the soothing affiliative system which is all about being motivated to look after each other, especially our vulnerable young, but vulnerable others generally, and connecting with each other, forming families, tribes and communities, and feeling safe together. I often joke when talking about the three circles model that we don't have to practice the threat system. I guess we could really try cultivating more anger and anxiety and so on. But no, we don't. And we don't need to. The threat system is designed to quickly, abruptly take over and start running the show at a moment's notice. So the upshot is that we, all of us, shift easily and automatically into threat system activation which then motivates us to do all sorts of things we might not ordinarily want to do and which might cause ourselves and others to suffer. 
anger, aggression, conflict, fear, avoidance, isolation, better to be safe than sorry, attack first, ask questions later. So much of what we do and do to others and so much of the suffering we cause ourselves and others arises out of this threat system activation. Now, of course, the threat system needs to be like that. The whole point is to protect us from possible threats and it's designed to react with urgency, erring on the side of seeing a threat that isn't there than ever missing a threat that is there. It's good, helpful and a big part of the survival of our species. But it really messes with us too. And then the drive system. Well, sometimes we just can't help but compete to win. There's a zero-sum aspect to all of this. I need more and I must do anything I can to not end up with less. More stuff, more status, more power, never less. And you can see how when things go wrong in the drive system, we can so easily end up back in the threat system. Finally, soothing affiliative system is truly activated when the threat is gone and our tummies are full. Then we can move into a soothing system way of being. Rest and digest, care and connect, play and explore. But imagine the prehistoric human with her baby, comforting, soothing, and then a lion approaches. She throws the baby over her shoulder and takes flight. Back to threat system. The interesting thing about compassion is that it's not solely related to any one or other of these systems. For example, it isn't just arising from the soothing system. Sometimes we can be feeling very anxious and yet still motivated to be compassionate. But as I said a few moments ago, compassion can be outmaneuvered by these various systems. If the threat system is dominating things, this might overwhelm our ability to notice suffering or feel motivated to alleviate or prevent it. If there's a competitive motive, then we might feel a strong urge to obtain and hold on to our resources rather than share with others in a helpful way. If you think about it, even the soothing affiliative system, as important as it is to help us feel safe and secure, can make compassion difficult, especially when we feel the person needing our compassion is outside of the group or requiring us to help them rather than someone who we feel closer to or more connected with, someone in our group. So it's tricky. Compassion is in there. It's part of the design, but it's tricky and humans don't always find themselves easily shifting into a compassionate motivation, but rather we can find ourselves being the cause of suffering or at least doing or not doing things that means suffering is not prevented. A practical example. Here in Western countries, our compassion is about to be tested. Oil prices and the price of other commodities is about to go up as a result of sanctions brought against Russia in relation to the war in Ukraine. Okay, so this is going to activate people's threat system and or activate their drive system. 
and possibly take them away from a compassionate motivation. What if I can't afford the bills? I don't want to sacrifice my lifestyle. Just one example. But it raises the question, how can we cultivate the compassionate motivation? What can we do to make it more likely that we will alleviate and prevent suffering and certainly not contribute to more suffering? How can we soothe threat and drive and bring wisdom, strength, courage and a caring commitment to these times we live in? We got to practice on purpose every day. We need to connect with that compassionate motivation and embody it. We need to walk around our daily lives remembering, may I be helpful rather than harmful to myself and others. And we need to practice empathy and understanding, sympathy and concern for those who suffer and strength and coping so that we can persist. Let's just have a think about it. When was a time in your life when you experienced this compassionate motivation? Maybe it was recently, or maybe it was some time ago. Maybe it was towards a family member or a friend, or maybe an acquaintance or stranger, or maybe for an animal, or maybe even for yourself. What was it like? How did you hold yourself and your body? What was your facial expression like, your voice tone? What did you say or do? What was it like and who did you become when you were really connecting with your compassionate motivation? This is your compassionate self. And this is what we got to practice. All of that, an attentive, upright, but relaxed approach, a warmth, friendliness and kindness in the face and voice tones, a concern and determination to be helpful taking steps to be helpful and not necessarily big, bold steps, but rather little steps, noticing, seeing, stopping, listening and offering help. Asking ourselves, what's something I can do that might be helpful for myself and others? Let me know your thoughts. What are some examples of times you've been really connected to that compassionate motivation? What did you notice about the experience of embodying your compassionate self? How might you keep practicing your compassionate self every day? Thanks for watching. Look after yourself and do stay in touch. These are tough times.